Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You have something in the upstairs corner of your home that I want you to bring downstairs. And they'll say, well, how do you know that? And the answer is, I don't know that, but I can feel it. Because I literally put myself into the home in that moment. And I can feel that there's something that's high vibrating upstairs that needs to come downstairs. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home. Not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have Kimo Kipano, a Hawaiian high seer. Kimo, who also calls himself a light seer, is a multi-sensory psychic medium. As he explains, he's able to see multi-dimensionally through shape, sound, lineage, and cultural practices. When working with people, he says that he can connect them with their guides and guardians through his gift of sight as well as his intuitive and psychic senses. Growing up within an intuitive family in Hawaii, he discovered his gifts at the age of three when he started speaking to spirit, and it grew from there. In this conversation, Kimo talks about how he works with clients in designing their spaces. It involves timelines, future possibilities, and working with a client's spirit team. He designs spaces contingent on a certain outcome. This most likely is unlike anything you've heard before. We talk about how the items we bring into our homes, especially vintage or secondhand items, have an energy, a voice, and even how our homes, the actual buildings, have spirit energy, not to mention the actual spirits who are living in our homes. Regarding general design elements, he shares that to elevate the frequency in our homes, he prescribes change. Change in a paint color, new pillows, new textures, and new smells. And he says that once someone steps into the idea of change, we're removing ourselves from old energetic cords. And then... Anything we do is easy. This was such a fascinating conversation. So let's welcome our guest, Hawaiian light seer, Kimo Kipano. 
You are a Hawaiian light seer. I am. So that is terminology that I use as a neo-psychic in New York City of Hawaiian descent. But technically, I'm actually what is called a high seer in Hawaiian culture. And that's just a person who is able to see multidimensionally and through shape and through sound and through lineage and through cultural practices. So that would be the technical name of my modality is, but light seer is what I call myself. I love it. So you're from Hawaii. I am from the Hawaiian Islands, and my family is from Hawaii. Uh, that is descent of my lineage. I uh, grew up in a Hawaiian practicing household, meaning Hawaiian customs. My family is very, very intuitive. So to learn how to tune in was not so daunting and unusual for me, because they're all very, very intuitive and seers in their own way as well. Oh, my goodness. So you first found out about your gifts, or you discovered them, I should say, when you were three? When I was three years old. You know, the joke in my family is that I was dropped on my head, because I was. (laughs) (laughs) I was. I was dropped on my head when I was two weeks old, and my my skull literally cracked open. So the joke that we make is that it literally cracked open my soul and start receiving energy. But my cognitive memory started at the age of three in being able to speak to spirit energy, and my parents have these recordings. But I remember everything very, very vividly even without the recordings. And what did that look for you? Were you three? And then one day were you just turning to your side and be like, oh, hi there. And there was a spirit there. What did it mean? I didn't even realize that the individuals that I was speaking to weren't seen by everyone else. I just assumed that the individuals that I was speaking to, everybody could see. So my family thought that they were just imaginary friends, but I knew that they weren't imaginary because I could describe every single thing about them, even down to the pattern of dress that one of them would wear, even down to like color of the flower on the dress. Mm. And then my all of my senses were engaged. So my sense of smell and my sense of taste, not only my sense of sight, my sense of feeling. So even though I maneuver my life as a Hawaiian high seer, I'm also very, very creative, which is very helpful when I'm working with design work or maybe even when I'm working in theater, I do a lot of theatrical work as well when I'm working as a director because I'm always investigating the energy around other individuals to help better communicate. It does seem like you are extremely creative. I was thinking about this the other day, looking at your work and looking at all the different ways that you express your creativity. And I imagine that it's all tied into your gifts. Well, I think that it's rooted in my gifts. When I'm doing design, I'm working intuitively and I'm working with the client and I'm looking at what's happening for them and I'm looking at the things that they might be deficient in. So I bring in more quality of what they're deficient in. I look at their timelines. You know, we kind of use the terminology of being a soothsayer. I don't believe that I am a soothsayer. I just see what your possibilities are. And I try to use my own judgment as, well, this is a possibility in your future that I think would be really helpful for you. So I'm going to design your space contingent on this outcome over here. (laughs) Okay, this is so cool. We need to dig into this a little bit more. It's a lot. (laughs) You know, especially with your work and how it relates to the home. So you've said that when you're designing for a client, you tune into their higher timelines. I do. And you see what kind of visual outcomes will help them are possible? Yeah. So when I'm tuning into someone's timelines, timelines are, are kind of tricky because it's almost like you're, you're time traveling, right? And, yes. and again, I can't tell anybody what their exact outcome is because our outcomes are always changing contingent on the choices we're making in the moment. Right. So it's like playing connect the dots. But what I do is when I'm tuning in, my energy works so fast. It's, it's 
faster than the speed of light, it's the speed of thought. So I'm quickly connecting your dots. And I look at all these various outcomes that have you in a really high frequency. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. I have a younger brother who is a screenplay writer. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I walked into his office one day and I said, hey, bro, so um, may I offer you some advice? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, would you let me redo your space? Oh, no, 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 it's fine. And I said, okay, your work is wonderful. However, if you let me do just a few things, I bet you I can make your space feel any better. And he goes, well, sure. What I didn't tell him, because my brother needs to make his own choices, what I didn't tell him is the way that the energy around the space was moving with him in that moment was as if I had tied him up in a rope. Oh. And I knew that if I could unlock all these different things going on around him energetically, he also would expand. So he gave me the credit card and I just went to town and I spent a summer redoing his office space and I changed the colors, changed the textures. But knowing the way that my brother works, I know that he works as a way of like tuning into all of his senses. So I made sure that his sense of smell was activated with a certain kind of candle. I made sure that the textures in the room resonated with the textures of the way that he tells his stories and the way he kind of unwinds uh, history that way. So I went through all of that and I made sure that every single angle in his little office could be used as a space for him to fill himself up with. Yeah. When he walked into that space and spent a week there, he says, you know, I just, couldn't see it. I just couldn't see that the way that I was working was actually a little stifled because I've always worked this way. Yeah. But for me, it was, well, but I could see it. But I could see that there was so much restriction in this energy zone. So if I can untie it, then look at what could happen beyond that. But that was always in the timeline always in a high frequency timeline. So a little investigating that I do ahead of time. So in that example, you knew your brother and you know him very well. When you don't know someone and you're working with them, what do you do? Do you dig into their history? How do you? Well, kind of. So when someone is inquiring and someone is asking me questions, just that ability for them to inquire about me, it's almost as if I describe it as a doorway, as if a doorway opens and they just let me in. And when they let me in, I get so much information about them so, so fast. Now, I know that you and I aren't working with being a client, but if I were to tune in to you, Lori, you wonderful, wonderful soul, yeah. it's interesting because the viewers can't see that you're wearing this teal blue color. Mm -hmm. But when I investigate you ahead of time, you're very, very blue. Your soul skin system, the whole the way that your colors resonate to me are very, very blue. Mm. I know a lot of information about what blue people or blue souls, blue colors, what they need. So I take a look at the way that I can add other color into that blue system. So for example, your blue would do really well with what I call a purple. Now that doesn't mean put purple into your home, but purples for me are all about transparency. So a prescription that I would probably give you if I was working in your office or your kitchen as I would find ways to maybe take a glass piece of art or something like that, where you're able to see the light moving through. Or maybe if it's a photo of you in your family, I would choose a frame that has a lot of negative space in it so we can see through it. So it'd be about bringing in more transparency into the surrounding areas of who you are. So what is a blue soul? What does that mean? Well, you know, there are many, many versions and variations of this, and there are many, many people out there who can see aura. But when I describe aura, aura is about 
your mood and your environment and the people that you are around. So it's always changing because your environment changes and the people change and your mood changes. So I'm not talking about those colors that are always changing. When you come through, if I were to tune into, in fact, this is the first time that I'm seeing you, yeah. but when I first heard you, I heard your voice and immediately your voice is blue. Right. So I can already tune in that your system is just a blue system for me. Blues. Oh, I love, love, love having conversations with blues. Blues really value when they're talking to someone else and that person's merit comes out. That person's ability to say, this is who I am. Mm. This is what I stand for. Um, these are my values. But you also enjoy when someone else is saying, but Lori, you know, here's what we're going to do to help you out. It's that ability to reciprocate value and merit in both ways. You yeah. really get high, high frequency feelings when someone that you're talking to is showing their value and merit. So I'm actually not surprised that you fall into this line of work with this podcast because of the way that your colors manifest. I'm not surprised at all, actually. This is so cool. And by the way, blue is my favorite color. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. You know, Lori, if I were to ask you when you were a child what your favorite color was, you would most likely say some kind of blue color. And I'm saying that because children always know. I work with a lot of children. A lot of them are my clients. They always know their color. They always know without being told. Mm -hmm. They always know what their color is for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, I have a quick question for you. You can work with people either in person or online. Yeah, but let me tell you what I have found when I'm working with individuals online and the difference. So in any circumstance that you're working with chemo, when I'm involved as a director or a choreographer or a designer or an actor, yeah. chemo is always known as the connector. Yeah. So people will always come to chemo for this, for information. And that's how I am when I'm interacting with you when we're face to face. But I have found that when I'm doing work like this online, the client or the individual who comes forward is completely unarmed. Yeah. So if you were to meet in person, you would have to get in your car, put your armor on, drive onto the highway, you're putting armor on, you're walking out, we're meeting in a desired location, and it's all about armor and about to feel safe in this environment. So your colors do change a little bit right. when that is happening. Yeah. When you can show up in your own space and you're comfortable and you could be in your socks or barefoot and you have your favorite cup of tea, all of your colors are like, they're not hiding. Yeah. They're not hiding. So it's a lot easier for me, I have found, to do conversations and have consultations like this. And I have actually learned that I prefer it mm. like this because I can get to the heart of the information much, much faster because your barriers aren't in the way. Yes. Do you work with people who want to elevate their career, want better health in their home space, and you work with like design that way? I can do that. So, for example, if I'm working with someone and they're, and they're saying, I would like some help with my career, but I'm also wanting you to help me maybe set up my office space so I could be more career driven. Mm. What I do is I quickly investigate. I describe it like going through all of your files really, really fast. I go through all of your files and I'm investigating and I take a look at the timeline that is contingent on the way that you want to vibrate high. So if someone says, I want to get pregnant, but I want a better office space, I'm not making enough money, and my relationship is really hard, that's too much information for me all at once. Yeah. Because those are all different timelines, right. right? And if we're trying to say, okay, but if the timeline is about a new job, then let's focus the energy to be about this, which means I'm going to make some adjustments to the colors. I'm also going to make some adjustments to what you're putting into the body. I'm also going to bring in colors that might need a little bit more. 
You know, in speaking of the home, there's lots of times when I get to do even more investigating and someone will say, okay, I'm looking at this office space, but I quickly scan the rest of the house. And I'll say, okay, well, you know, you have an antique from your grandfather or you have something in the upstairs corner of your home that I want you to bring downstairs. And they'll say, well, how do you know that? And the answer is, I don't know that, but I can feel it because I literally put myself into the home in that moment. And I can feel that there's something that's high vibrating upstairs that needs to come downstairs. So let me give you an example, kind of a strange example. Yeah. I was a piano player from all of my adolescence and I you know, moved to New York City and I wanted to continue to play the piano. So I bought an antique baby grand piano, about 112 years old. Mm. I put it into the corner of my apartment and it sat there and I, and I played it. I didn't play it frequently. And then over the course of years, I played it less and less and less. Well, in that corner of my home where the piano was, there was always some kind of an energy that I would have a hard time moving. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at moving energy when it's stagnant or maybe low frequency. I can move it really, really fast. I can move it for other people. It's kind of like a party trick that I do. But there was some energy where this piano is that I just couldn't for the life of me move. But one day I decided to sell this piano. I said, you know what? This piano is taking up a lot of space and I need to just have something else in that space. So I spent about a week before the piano was leaving the home and I sold it to a young singer-songwriter. And I thought, you know, I know that I have the ability to tune in to artifacts and antiques, but I had never thought to tune into my own piano. Mm. And it was, like I said, over 112 years old. So I tuned in. And the moment that I tuned into the piano, I was shocked with how overwhelmed I was with emotion. Because when I tuned in, all of a sudden, I could hear the voice of the person who was the first owner of this. And then when I looked with actual my my ability to see, then I saw this gentleman standing where the piano is. And I looked at him and I thought, I can't believe I never thought to tune in. And the messaging that I got was, you know, I desire to make music and I want to be in a home where I'll be able to communicate with littles and bigs. And that is the home that I desire to move towards. So it's time to let me go. And when I did that, all of a sudden, that stagnant energy in this corner that I couldn't get rid of was gone. And I didn't realize that it was the piano. I have chills. Well, me too. And it's not about <laughs> yeah. that the piano was haunted. That's that's not a thing for me. In fact, I don't even use that language of hauntings. You know, there are homes that will congregate spirit energy, but it wasn't about that. It was about the fact that I never took the time to see the piano for what it was. Yeah. And it needed to be played in a home where music would fill its halls and it could allow its ability to ruminate through every single chord in your ear and tickle all the cilia hairs in your ears. I never got a chance to do that. Yeah. So I gave it to someone else who would. And it's so happy. Oh, God, it's so cool. And what you've just said there gives me all these different questions I want to ask you about. And I'm just going to first put them all out there, and then we can dive into each one of them. And one of them is the energy of the items that we bring into our home. Do they have a spirit? Do they have energy? It's kind of what you touched upon. You know, how do we know when to cut the energetic cord? Are there energetic cords? Yeah. And do our homes, the actual buildings, have Mm -hmm. energy or spirit? Mm -hmm. And then does every home that's not a new home have energy and spirits roaming around? Yes. You are asking fantastic questions and all these questions (laughs) down. We're going to dive in. Are you ready? I want all the answers. Okay, let's go. (laughs) So when it comes to items, certain kinds of individuals are drawn to certain items. So when I'm scanning someone's physical system, when I 
look past the color and I start to look at the way that that person is already intuitive. If I tune into that person, I can tell, okay, this is a person who is very sentient, meaning that they love to feel the energy of a space. They move from their gut. But I can also tell if a person is very what we call clairtactile, meaning that they've got to touch, mm. that this person is very drawn to secondhand stores, antiques, and artifacts. I can also tune into if a person is actually an individual who might use terminology like, oh, what you just said gave me the chills. That is a completely different kind of an intuitive. I call those extropath. Uh -huh. A person who feels the information on the outside of the body uh -huh. right before it resonates with the head. Yeah. So what I do is if I'm meeting with a person who is very clairsentient and very clairtangent, ding, 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 I'm talking to you, Lori, okay. then I would specifically look for items that have history because you would be a person who values the history of that item. It wouldn't just be uh, like, oh, great, just put it anywhere you want. No, 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 no. If I'm going to go look for historical artifacts, something from the Gilded Age, perhaps, that's going to mean a lot to someone like you. You know, the smallest little paperweight from the Gilded Age would mean a lot for you because you would think, all oh, these people who had this on their desk over a hundred years ago, how exciting. Now, those items absolutely have a voice. Mm. And to be honest, they have many voices. They have the voice of the person who designed it. They have the voice of the person who bought it. They have a voice of the person who used it a lot. They have a voice of the person who then took it from them. So sometimes there's generational voices. If the item gets passed down, the artifact, it'll have the voice of your great grandfather, and then your grandfather, and then your father, and then you. It has all of that in it. Yeah. So it makes you think, you know, what kind of energy am I giving my home currently? And do I have any objects in my home that I would wish to give to my offspring? Mm. Because it's going to make a big difference the way that I am interacting with this object now when I give that object up to someone else. Yeah. So that's items. Okay. So, you know, we talk about we need to Marie Kondo everything. You know, yes. the woman goes in and says, you know, does this speak to you? Does it speak to your heart? Well, she's right. She's absolutely right. If yeah. the item no longer speaks to your heart, it's time to set it free. Time to set it free. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, I want to get back to something that we touched upon before, and that is, is there spirit energy in buildings? 
my perspective might be a little different than another person who sees, or maybe there's also you know paranormal investigators. My perspective is a little different because there is spirit energy everywhere, but it is also contingent on the way that the individual tunes into that. Mm. So for example, I'll be having a conversation with someone and they'll be like, oh, I, I don't know if this is haunted or what's going on with this. And I'll say, well, you need to speak to your second daughter. And they'll say, why? I'm like, because that's the seer in your family. That's the person who actually has the ability to tune in more clairvoyantly. And when I speak to that daughter, and this has happened many, many times, when I speak to that child, that child will all of a sudden say, I literally have thought that I'm crazy, like my entire life. I'm like, no, you're not crazy. Wow. You're just not validated. Yeah. You know? So then I work with the child actually to help get the parents to gain more information, to glean more information about what's going on in the home. Yeah. I always like to work in high frequency. So I don't do first level consciousness is all the things that come in that are kind of dark. And, you know, I don't do any of that because- to me, you don't get very many messages from that. It's about if there's energy coming through, how am I talking to the higher consciousness of that energy? And when you ask them to show up in that way, then they do. So now when I'm working with a client and I'm doing my investigative work, if I'm working with them in terms of redesigning something, I literally speak to their team, you know? And when I bring the team forward, I give them a set of rules. Okay, you're only able to show up if you come through with clarity and love and you know compassion and all the things that are give them all the good feels. Anything else, I'm not allowing you in. It's my little distillation process. <laughs> and then are the guides like, we would like some plants over here? And we yes. they do? Absolutely. Specific. Absolutely. Very, very specific. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, that specific plant you put in there, it's not going to do well. It's not going to do well there because it's not the right energy for that part of the home. So we move it. Yeah. And that's us communicating to plant energy. Yeah. And that absolutely is a real thing as well. You know, when I moved the piano out of my home, I put a really large plant there. And I thought, I don't know if this plant is going to make it. it. doesn't get good life. This plant is now taking over my home. Yeah. It is. I call it Audrey, you know, the plant yeah. in Little Shop of Horses. Yeah. This plant is so happy so vibrant. It literally is overwhelming my ceiling. And this is a plant that should not be growing in this corner. It's not enough light, but it is oh. so joyful. And you are talking with your plant then? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, again, I didn't really think that that would be a thing for me, but I knew that I could see. So when I take the time yeah. to tune into that, then all of a sudden you do get a lot of messaging like, oh, wow, there really is energetic frequency coming from this plant. It doesn't have a mind like you and I have, yeah. but it has an energetic frequency. So then you speak to that frequency, yeah. you just pivot and change. And that plant, I'm telling you, I've named her Catherine the Great. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Do you feel then also people are drawn to the places that we live in, that somehow we find each other as well, our homes, our apartments, our dorms, wherever we are? Absolutely. And in fact, you'll have a conversation with someone and they'll literally be using intuitive language without realizing. Mm. So for example, it could be, I never felt compelled to look and I, I, everyone told me that I should be looking and never felt compelled. And one day I did it and when I saw it, it just hit me. Like it hit me in the yeah. gut. That's the one. Well, that's a person who's clairsentience, that ability to make gut choices, it just kicked in. And when we learn how to move within the energetic system that we all possess in all different beautiful ways, then our choices become different. They all become different because we say, okay, if I'm a person who works really well with my clairsentience, I'm going to make more choices with my ability to have gut feelings, more choices. I'm going to talk to my friends about that, more choices. Right. And so are there spirit energies in new buildings? 
it comes to new buildings, someone might say, well, there can't be any hauntings in there because it's a brand new build. But again, my language of hauntings is different because it is about the individual. So, you know, the construction team, they all bring in people with them. And sometimes we unknowingly have our spirit family that walks in and sometimes they'll hang around a certain place even after we go because they're like, they're looking around and saying, this is really, really nice. Oh, look, someone's moving in. Well, what are they doing? We have spirit family. It's very nosy. (laughs) Yeah. So it is everywhere. I have never seen a location brand new or old, old, old. I've never seen one that doesn't have energy in it. Never, never, never. I know that you work with people individually, but are there general design things that you say, this brings up the energy and elevates the frequency in your home? Absolutely. The very first thing that I prescribe to everyone is change. It's time for change. Because Mm. I think that a lot of us will get so used to a specific aesthetic, and it's been like that for 15 years. And a lot of us feel like we can't move on from that simply because it costs a lot of money. Right. right? But if we can remove ourselves from the energetics of money, what you're really desiring is change. So we have to step into the idea of change first. I find that once someone steps into the idea of change, anything that you do is easy because they removed themselves from that old energetic cord of, well, this is what it was like. So for example, if I'm working with a client who was recently divorced or moved into a new home, I always prescribe, okay, so we're going to find a color of paint that resonates with you. It cannot be a color that you used to have in your old home. If it was white, we're going to do a different shade of white because we need to literally move your energetic system and replace it with something else. Even if you're, you're in the same home and you've just gotten divorced, yeah. right? We're, we're going to change the energy up. I'm going to move the furniture. I'm going to get rid of these pillows. I'm going to put them in a different room. I'm going to bring in new pillows, new qualities, new textures. And what's really important that people don't think about is a new smell. Oh. Because our smells are activating so much of our senses. Smells also activate taste. You know, when I finish a new room or a new home, every single room will have a very specific smell. So a new candle in every single room. And that way, when we walk in there and we smell something new, our senses are already ignited to say, this is different. I'm not accustomed to this. This feels like it's something new. Ooh, what's your favorite scent? I have a tendency to gravitate towards very earthy smells. Uh-huh. Tobacco smells, um, spice, mm. right? I don't gravitate towards floral. And, and that's because when I smell floral, floral activates my salivary glands for some reason. Yeah. Oh. That's a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> Are your spirit guides coming in and saying, we do not like the smell of rose? We don't like the smell of rose. However, I will say this as a little sidebar that I do a daily walk every single day and I do a daily walk about six to nine miles. Mm -hmm. And I use that walk to tune up all of my senses. So I tune up my ability to see, my ability to hear, my ability to smell, my ability to taste. As I'm tuning up, I'm also making contact with stuff. So I'm walking around New York City and Brooklyn and people probably think I'm crazy. Um, But I'm always touching. Roses have the most wonderful messaging. So does a blade of grass. I mean, truly everything does. But when I walk and I do my walk, I have a park that's nearby. I'll run my hands around the roses. And when you touch them, the energetic system is always similar to, oh, thank you for noticing me. Wow. It gives you that feeling. So then I get to walk away yeah. with a little bit of that with me. <laughs> <laughs> Kimo, I could just talk to you about a hundred things. This is so fascinating to me. Well, I have to tell you that I am so engaged with the content of what you provide. I think that you are a magnificent woman 
with a lot of wonderful insight. I think that you hold the space so well. I listen to the sound of your voice and one of your most profound gifts is what we call clairloquience. It's the ability to speak and people will listen. And that is who you are. And your blue gets really vibrant when you're making connections with your voice. It is who you are. It is a part of your whole entire soul system. And everyone who is in contact with being able to listen to you or being in the room with you, very, very fortunate. That is so sweet. It's making me cry. It's very sweet. I see you, Lori. I see you. Oh, chemo. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, thank you very much. Very, very sweet. And I just love your energy and the way that you're working in the world and working with people, whether it's on themselves or in their spaces. Mm. What's your most exciting thing for you? What brings you the most joy in this type of work for you? In this type of work, I remind myself every single day that my job is to be in service and in being in service, whatever that means. So when I start my morning walk, I make sure that every single person that passes me, I say good morning. And then when I do that, I watch their color system change, right? And it's not because, you know, this kind-hearted man said good morning to them. It's because they felt seen in that moment. Yeah. And people don't expect it, especially in, in a city like New York. We're all used to our lane. So that, that's the, the smallest way to be in service. Yeah. Making contact with the rose is another way to be in service. Yeah. But then the larger whole is to be able to have conversations like with you. I'm able to say my ability to do what I do is really just in service to what you do. So how can I support that system? How can I help you fertilize it? Yeah. And you know, how can we make little small one degree turns that change the climate of our community? I love all this so much. I love being able to offer people ways to make their spaces feel good to them, mm. raise the energy. Yeah. You know, I think as we all know, creating this first home here, as I'm pointing to myself, yeah balance and higher vibes and higher frequency, which goes onto our space, it just goes out into the world. And as you said, into our communities. And so putting out that good energy, I just feel is the good work. And I love it so much. And I I completely agree with you. Yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. (laughs) Uh, I have one more question for you before we wrap this up. Mm -hmm. So you've listened to the podcast. One thing that we ask everybody at the end of our podcast is, what does being home mean to you? I love this question. And I really love that you asked this question at the end of your podcast. My answer kind of comes in two parts. What does being home mean to me? Besides, you know, four walls and a roof, right? For me, home, the first answer is when I'm having a conversation with someone or making a connection with a new client or um, someone who wants to hire me for something or with a family member, I know in my own energetic resume that I must be connected at all times. And in that moment of a conversation lasting five minutes or an hour or passing on the street, in that moment, you and I are home because we are creating space that illuminates and that rises and that goes deep into the root system. So I create homes everywhere I go. I create home between me and a tree, between me and a flower, between me and Catherine, the great the plant I have in the corner of my room, between a stranger on the street. So I definitely feel my heart expand and grow and remind this life expression, this body that I'm in, that it is alive. But I also, in the second part, in the way to answer that question, I am a person who is always, always having a slight sense of homesickness, no matter where I go, no matter where I am. 
if I'm here in New York, I feel that towards another location that I've never been to. If I go back to the islands, I feel like it's back to New York. And there's a term called enamoya. Enamoya means to have a constant longing for places that you've never been to before. You know, and so there's the earthly way that we can describe that, which is being here and always searching. But there's also the you know astral ways, yeah. cosmic ways to describe that. But I am a person who is always looking for home energy. So through my anamoya, my hellos and my farewells and my touching of roses, always looking for. Oh, Kimo, it's <laughs> so beautiful. Oh my goodness, what a delight this conversation has been for, for me. me. What a joy. You are truly, it is such a privilege for me to be a part of this podcast. I'm completely drawn to you. I value your work and I just can't wait to see what else you do. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait for our audience who may not know of you yet for them to discover you and see all the beauty that you're putting out there and work with you. And thank you. And I would love to work with you too. So we'll talk about that at a separate time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any I can't even begin to tell you how this fills my heart and soul, and I can't wait to share it with everybody, Kimo. And uh, you don't even have to use your words because your blues are literally vibrating off of your walls right now. They are. Yeah, they are big time. So I, <laughs> I can see your thank you because of the way that you're vibrating. <laughs> Truly, I can. That's so neat. To learn more about Kimo, check him out on Instagram at Aloha Lightseer. You can also find him at Kimo Kipano. That's spelled K-I-M-O-K-E-P-A-N-O. Or visit Kimo's website, thelightseer.com, where you can find out how you can work one-on-one with Kimo and also learn more about the terminology that he uses. Be sure to visit our show notes for direct links where you can discover everything that's going on with Kimo Kipano and where you can also discover other episodes we think you might like based on this conversation, such as my chat with the High Priestess of Brooklyn, Alex Kaola, or Channeler Natalie Miles. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning-Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Goff. Hunger's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.